2: Welcome back to The Walking Dead TV Podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined this week by Aaron North and Chub Toad Sheldon. How are you guys doing?
3: Great. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200.
2: <laughs> but if you have the option to buy Boardwalk, always do it. And uh, we'll probably be joined by Jim later. Russ and Craig are out for the night. So it's just the three of us for now. But let's get into it. So Fear the Walking Dead, Season 1, Episode 3 was called The Dog. Just general thoughts, gentlemen. What would you think of it?
1: Huh, um, it's got its ups, but it's got its downs, and the the downs are really kind of dragging me down in terms of my enjoyment of this series so far. It's
3: had more downs than ups, and I, I will say this episode had more promise and definitely delivered a little better. But I still had issues with it. It's still not where I want it to be. I think it ended with something that's promising. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, this was definitely my favorite of the three, although I didn't dislike one and two nearly as much as you guys did. But uh, like you said, we'll we'll get to it once we get into the the recap. the, The final moments of the episode really do flip the script for just the general tone of the show and, and will give us something different for at least the next episode. We'll see if it lasts for the s- complete second half of the season, but uh, it was good for there. We have the Nielsen ratings. Um, it's slightly down from last week, but it's actually a smaller drop than from episode one to two. Uh, they had 7.2 million viewers. Of those, 4.6 million were in the uh, 18 to 49 demographic, which is, of course, the most important one. And so it's still really strong, and it was o- going up against, what was it, the first night of uh, the actual football season last night? I guess Correct. so, yeah. Do we have anything else before we get into the actual recap of the episode, gentlemen?
3: I don't...
1: Yeah, every, so I everything I wanted. Oh,
3: news, so.
2: I remember what we forgot to talk about last week, and that was there is going to be a spin-off, not a spin-off special, but a standalone *Fear the Walking Dead* special between seasons one and two that will have to do with a zombie getting loose on an airplane. And I think we saw in tonight's episode or last night's episode, um, the episode we're going to be talking about tonight. To be clear, I think we saw our tie-in to that um, yeah. towards the end of the episode. Yeah, that's what it.
3: I was thinking. Though, but, yeah, yeah.
2: but it's going to introduce at least one new character who will be a main character in season two. So that's what we forgot to talk about last week, and now I've just remembered. So episode number three, uh, season one, episode three, was entitled The Dog. And it was directed by Adam Davidson, who directed the first two episodes, um, but o- only these first three were the ones he directed of the season. And it was written by Jack... Ligoducci. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I could be wrong. There are a lot of letters, and many of them are vowels, so we'll see. And it was aired on September 13th, 2015, of course, but you already knew that. Uh, we start the episode with looting continuing in L.A., or should we say Vancouver? Um, Chris <laughs> is watching through the barbershop window uh, you know, at the looting, and he sees a person with zombie eyes walk up and look in. And at least to me, it looked kind of like Peter Capaldi in a hoodie. But I love the bright blue eyes. The bright blue eyes are a cool
1: image. That was the first part where I laughed out loud. Because it's like, <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> like, he, he, he's just kind of walking like some kind of random dude. He's like, I'm going to turn and look menacing. Because I'm a zombie that apparently wants to inflict menacing eyes at people. <laughs>
3: well, it, this just continues the the forcing of trope shots from, from cheesy horror films that they've been doing in the first two episodes.
1: Yeah. I you know? agree. And
3: yeah. I really want to like this series. I mean, cause I love all things walking dead and I really want to like this series. And I'm hoping that yes, we are going to see a turnaround in the second half of this very long season. Um, but that they learn from all the feedback that they're getting uh, through, through the interwebs and whatnot, that, we're not a dumb audience. We don't need things dumbed down, and we don't need stupid tropes. We want the smart, intelligent storytelling
1: that we've had from the regular Walking Dead, minus season two. So. It seems it's a, it seems like a mix of issues. Where I think the, the trope stuff and like the cliche shots or whatever, those weren't necessarily bothersome if the show's overall tone matched it. But I think it's just it still seems to try to be finding itself in terms of being a show that's in the Walking Dead universe so it's grounded but also being this other thing that you know separates it from the Walking Dead and wants to see wants to embrace the kind of I don't know more classical zombie movie type tone which is again why I mentioned the the opening title sequence in last week's episode where it just it seems like that belongs in a different show and this show isn't that show yet it seems to want to be that show but it's too tied into wanting to be gritty and realistic at the same time
3: right and i mean the thing is, is like you said about it, the promising premise and whatnot. is um, It's fantastic. I mean, we're gonna see the the beginning of this apocalypse that we've come to love through the other storytelling um, unfold. And the the intention was to have it be less of the, um, you know. Zombies and more of the character driven moments that happen, you know, that are going to endear us to these characters and they're going to, we're going to see it through their eyes and, and whatnot. But the problem has become that they are less being character driven and they're being used more as the writer's puppets to just tell these, this, this story that, you know, while it's interesting, it's not compelling because with the exception of a few characters, one of which was only in the first two episodes and we probably won't see him again, Tobias. Um, I don't care about him. I could care less. As a matter of fact, I was really hoping Travis was going to bite it in this episode. No pun intended, but I mean, I just, I don't care for these characters. They're two dimensional and very, very little, of the cast is
1: compelling at all and that's what we have to say about the opening scene of this episode
2: (laughs) (laughs) so at the house uh madison hears sirens going by as she picks up or she packs up dinner Uh, they hear a clattering outside and alicia's watching out the window trying to see the aftermath of what happened across the street with the bouncy castle and stuff um and they decide you know after some discussion that they're going to wait on travis to return before they leave to get out
1: of there fair
2: Back in the city, the store next to the barbershop gets broken into, and then they quickly realize there's a fire on the other side of the wall, on the store on the other side of them, and so they prepare to run, they can't stay there, Uh, so they open the gates, and as they flee, looters enter and start destroying the barbershop, and as they're out on the street, they see one SWAT guy, or a police officer of some type, biting another one in the middle of the looting, and then we cut to theme. But our characters, definitely, some of our characters, at least, definitely see a human being biting another human being in front of them.
1: While the depiction of rioting is a bit questionable to me, I did like the the way they found out that there's fire next door. I thought that was a well shot kind of scene of tension there. Of like, what do we do? That now? was cool. Yeah,
2: and I like we don't we only get a tiny little bit of it here, just a seed planted. I like the relationship they're developing between Daniel and Chris as kind of reluctant mentor-mentee type thing. Um, who knows how much of that we'll actually get in this first season, but I did like it.
3: Right. The thing that amazed me the most, well, first, to your point, Aaron, about it not really looking as much like a L.A. Riot, um, again, I have the problem with that it just doesn't remind me of L.A. at all. Uh, second, and this I'll comment on probably through the entire episode, and is that... It is so obvious that a lot of this is backlot and sound stages, but the most amazing thing to me of all is in the middle of this massive destructive riot, you know, like LA Kings win the cup style. um, They're burning cars, breaking windows, doing all this stuff, but there his truck sits in the middle of all of it, unscathed, (laughs) except for the the, uh, mysterious appearing and disappearing and then reappearing crack on his truck window so you know (laughs) obviously it was for the convenience of propelling the story forward but still come on at least have like you know a Motov cocktail that got lit up in the back uh, the you know the bed of the truck and they have to put it you know something you know instead we got Mama who has you know had a scaffolding fall on her foot and is apparently a, a life threatening injury so I don't know I just, I I thought, I was like, wow, his truck looks pretty pristine for being in the smack dab in the middle of a giant LA riot that looks like Vancouver.
2: Had it been in the middle of the riot, I would probably agree with you, but I'm with Aaron on this one. It was like three blocks away. You know, there was other stuff around it that wasn't quite on fire yet either. It was coming that direction, but they hadn't gotten there. Back at the house, Madison breaks out Monopoly to keep everyone's minds off what's going on outside. Because that would work. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it actually does seem to work for at least a, I. It works to in time. the
1: show. I mean, there's no world where like all this stuff's going on is like, you know what, guys? Let's play a friendly family board game. Like that's not. This, this does, does well, seem to
2: be the one family that really likes Monopoly and plays it quickly, which I was yeah, marveling. Mono- at. Of all like, things, Monopoly. <laughs> well, could have been the game of life.
3: I I liked this and and was dis and, and offended at one point during this because, well, one, I'm a big, huge, gigantic fan of Monopoly. I have uh, a couple hundred different sets dating all the Jeez. way back to 1935, different variations, all kinds of stuff. I've collected Monopoly my whole life. I love that game. Um, and I thought it was a smart move. I mean, yes, it might not really take people's minds off of, the, of what's going on outside, but you got to remember that is uh, the daughter's name is Alicia, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you got to remember that she doesn't know everything yet. So Madison coming in and and trying to distract, I think was a smart move. Uh, Alicia is the
2: car. Nick is the shoe in case that ever comes up on a trivia, uh, trivia night at your local bar. Um, And we learned that their dad was always the shoe. And we learn later on, but I'll throw it in now. um, I don't think this had been confirmed before, but Madison is a widow, uh, is a widow. Um, We don't know how their dad died, how her husband died, but he is dead. So Presumably, well, I was going to say, presumably he won't show up, but this is a show about zombies, so yeah. you never know.
3: I don't know why, but for some reason I'm remembering, and I thought her husband had been in the military. It's maybe, possible? Maybe I'm wrong, and, but for some reason that's I I mean, they, I they do
2: drop the line at one point when they're talking about waiting for Travis. Um, you know, oh, waiting for someone to come home, been there before. But it seemed to be more Nick, but it also felt like it could also be about the right. dad, so right. not 100% sure there
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, back in the city the looting continues, uh, we see firefighters spray the looters as they're trying to get past them, as our crew is trying to get past them um, Griselda Salazar gets knocked down in the crossfire and her leg is trapped under some rubble, um, they help her out and into the back of the pickup, and then they power through the mob, which I actually thought was pretty fun as SWAT closes in and we learn that her leg is definitely broken right around the ankle area it happens. <laughs> been there, done that
1: uh, so are we um, in the driving scene now, where they're driving?
2: No, okay. no we we have we have one more okay, Monopoly check in, and then we can't get to wait. That. Okay, uh, <laughs> Nick buys Boardwalk, and uh, Madison gets <laughs> distracted, and hears a, a noise outside. And I actually really like Monopoly aside because unlike Rich, I, I don't care about Monopoly, but I do like that that the moment they lose focus on the game, that scene goes so uncomfortably silent for like. It felt like a minute, it was probably 20 seconds, but still, I really like that effect. That the moment they lose focus on the game, it's just, their situation just settles on them in just this heavy cloud.
3: Was it, wasn't it? was it a gunshot that they heard?
2: To be honest, I don't remember exactly, I just yeah. have in my notes that they hear, hear a noise. Yeah, so that I th- fits,
3: I, but... I think it was a gunshot.
2: So back uh, at the truck, Travis and the crew are going to drive Griselda to the hospital. But when they get there, there are lights and sirens everywhere, cops directing traffic, that kind of thing. Uh, bad stuff is going down just in general. Um, they see officers gunning down and approaching Walker in a hospital gown. And they decide, well, this is probably not the best place to be. Uh, instead, Salazar's are going to come back with them to the house. And then we see sos- shots of the city losing power. And Travis is speechless at the sight.
3: This entire sequence was terrible. Um, terribly shot, terribly acted, ter- just just terrible all the way around first of all what i said earlier about you know obvious sound stage it is so obvious that they're on a sound stage it's poorly lit um it's night no 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 but i mean it's poorly lit for it to be the the way they should have lit it for night um as well as the matting that they had behind them yeah or whatever, whatever if
1: it was rear projection or green screen or whatever that driving sequence just looked like heinously bad it was I, I will so say that while
2: bad. the while the meshing of the two elements wasn't. Very like it was noticeable. I will say at the actual what they were trying to hit would have looked really cool if they would hit it. Like the way they were moving the camera and matching the shots, had it melded together better, would have looked really neat.
1: Yeah, but there's a woulda, coulda, shoulda, and there's me watching. No, no, there's, absolutely there's me watching but a show. At least and being, they were trying. For I'm just, something, I'm, I'm, if I'm being taken out, like I can understand intent and go along with that. But if I'm literally being taken out of something because the filmmaking's so poor, then it that doesn't help me at all.
3: Exactly. This, I mean, and 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 the icing on the crap cake is when they do get to the hospital, it's so obvious that all of the emergency vehicles and all of that stuff that they were like on a back lot or in a soundstage and the hospital was dropped into the scene because none of the emergency vehicles lights that are whirling around blue and red and whatnot are hitting the building at all. There's no reflection of them in the windows. There's nothing. It is so obvious that that building and the the emergency vehicles and our characters in the truck are on a are in completely different pieces to this scene. Now, and it's fine that if they do it that way, but they need to line up everything. I mean, it to me, it, it just it was so poorly done. With and they had such a cool scene with the patient walking out. And them shooting it at, that, it down and, and the last shot in the head and the crowd goes, you know, gasps and screams and all that. I thought that was well done, but it was so poorly shot that it's just like, God, am I watching some B film that had a $20 budget? I mean, I don't get it. It just, I can't believe it that AMC is, has allowed this kind of filmmaking for, for something that's a spinoff of pretty much one of their best properties.
1: Sorry from a production standpoint.
3: Right. Oh, on the
2: positive side, I really like the dialogue inside the truck, particularly uh, Daniels' dialogue. This was the scene where I was. I decided I really like this character. Oh, easily. I, I mean, get, yeah, it, I agree. You have a
1: season. I mean, him and I would argue Kim, Kim Dickens. I think they're the two that are doing all the heavy lifting here, regardless of how quality these scripts or performances around them or story wise or what have you is, I think. Daniel in particular, he's you know he hasn't gotten a ton to do, but like I'm already on, like I'm with him as far as this, who I'm gonna follow during the zombie apocalypse that I'm watching how unfold.
3: Yeah, like I said, very few characters that have been compelling and I care about, and he, you know he's one. Yeah, uh, he definitely. Um ups the game of of what needs to be going on in this i mean there's a scene later on that i'm just like that's that's exactly what this show needs right there there's
1: even so. there, like we kind of skipped over when the when he gets over when they're going through the riot like he's trying to get out or even before that like cliff curtis just you know he's trying to calm down his son and then daniel comes up he's like you know we have more than just combs like he just has little lines like that me. it's like yeah good yeah, yeah. yeah like even when they're yeah. when he's leaving his barber shop he gets a moment to look back and be like, "This sucks. My, you know, my business is being trashed by people." And it's just like moments like that. Is like, I need more of this in this show. I need more personality Whoa. like that to color it. And the underlying meaning of that is something that that Daniel's character
3: um, hits on throughout the entire episode, and that is stop making people feel like everything's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be all right. You know? And I mean, I get Travis's wanting things to be all right and trying to bring hope to his family. But at the same time, this was the guy who first believed Nick might have seen people eating people and everything else and witnessed the, uh, the drug dealer, you know, still, still moving after having his, you know, body just destroyed by the truck. Now, all of a sudden, he's just playing stupid to everything to try to comfort. It's just inconsistent characterization.
2: I wouldn't say he's being stupid. He's trying to comfort and calm down his family. Those are two Uh, different
3: things. No, no. And I mean, maybe at this point in in the opening and whatnot, but man, later when it gets into the whole thing with with, uh, Susu and all that other stuff, I mean, come on. I mean, even Rick in the first episode of The Walking Dead realized something was wrong and felt sorry for Bicycle Zombie and went and put her out of her, quote, misery. You know, I just don't buy that somebody that has seen what he's seen is going be this
2: stupid. So back at the house, uh, the house crew starts <laughs> to make backup plans, and it's uh, it's been six hours apparently since uh, since they've heard from Travis. Um, so apparently Alicia lost Monopoly, and they hear more noises outside. Nick tells them to get away from the windows, and he tries to convince Madison to tell Alicia what's happening, but doesn't happen um eventually they find out that at least the one noise is a dog which they let inside it's covered in blood not its own blood and it runs to the front door and starts barking at it there's a walker outside i believe it's the same guy from across the street who uh who tore up the birthday party or the the aftermath of the birthday party so they quickly decide where's the nearest gun well it's next door um they know because i guess it was nick tried to steal it one time i think they say um, which I guess maybe to sell to get drugs. I don't know why he would need a shotgun, but hey, that's maybe he does likes skins. Who knows? So they go through the back because the zombies out front through an awesome vineyard death maze set piece. Which I was like, oh, this is going to come back in an interesting way. Awesome. Kind of did. Awesome. I'm not saying they used it to the full extent of what they could have. I am saying that when it appeared on screen, I went, ooh, now this has some promise.
3: In this middle of clean-cut suburbia um, cul-de-sac where we haven't seen any of that element before, suddenly there's this weird death trap garden maze that the neighbor had set.
2: It's a vineyard. That's how they look. And, and we've I, never seen anybody's backyard before. It's it, I don't are, know. I, you are looking for things to dislike. No, at this no, point no, no, no. That. I
3: just, <sighs> I just thought that it was. It just was a little.
1: It seemed rather large. It didn't bother me too much because it led to some fun sequences. But like it, it, it seemed rather large for like to be. In I backyard. will say
3: that it did lead. I will agree. It led to some fun. But I just, it. I was just like, what? <laughs> I don't know.
2: I don't know. Worked for me. Um, so they get into the house. Neighbors aren't home, or are they? At least that's what I thought at the time. That's what my notes say. Uh, the power goes uh, comes back on. Nick searches for the shotgun. Power goes back off. They find the gun. Uh, Madison finds some shells, and Alicia looks out the window and sees the walker enters their house through the back door.
3: That they left wide open.
2: Well, the walker was at the front. But anyway, the dog fights the walker. The dog loses. Um, Travis returns, and, and Madison gives Nick the gun, and she runs out to try and warn Travis, before uh before he can you know be attacked by the zombie and they head back through the death maze and we com- uh cut to commercial
3: where they left the shotgun shells behind
2: i don't i didn't think they left all the shotgun shells they left most of
3: yeah. them no well because
2: didn't they they had loaded the gun before they ran out the building so yep. they had at least some of them
3: wasn't it a it, it was a double barrel right du- yeah. double barrel yeah. over
2: under uh probably yeah. 12 gauge
1: yeah enough to shoot off a face once and then you know
2: finish it off later Yeah, yeah yeah uh travis liza and chris enter the house uh madison is running towards them shouting uh they find the walker eating the dog Uh, The walker knocks Travis down when he, because it's his neighbor, he doesn't want to just murder him. We cut back to the maze. Alicia runs back to grab the rest of the shells and she finds sleeping pills on table. And then we see Walker legs sticking out from underneath of a, one of those doors that doesn't go all the way to the floor or ceiling, just more of a privacy door like you might see on a bathroom stall or something. Uh, So she runs back out and we cut back to the house. That was a good reveal. I like
1: that,
2: by the way. Yeah, Yeah. it it was a nice shot.
3: I thought, yeah, that, that sequence with her and the, the feet underneath those doors and there, I, I thought that that was really well done. I actually really thought that the whole scene right there was shot well, very well done. One of the highlights of the episode.
2: Now, am I misreading this or did Susan totally commit suicide via sleeping?
1: Yeah, card? that was the idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: It made sense to me, but since it was never explicitly said, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't just reading too much into it.
3: At first, I thought maybe Nick had stolen yeah, her pills. Exactly. But then yeah. but then I realized, I was like, wait a second, they're sleeping pills? Is yeah. that really, yeah. And then, yeah, it was pretty obvious she, she offed herself.
2: Back of the house, uh, the walker has Travis trapped. And finally, it's uh, Daniel Salazar who takes out the walker. He shoots it in the face. It doesn't quite take its head out, just its face. It turns back, and he shoots it again, and everyone is stunned. But it was a really great gore shot of just this faceless zombie, yeah, literally yeah. faceless, uh, turning back at the camera like that. All you got.
1: It was, yeah, I agree. It was a, uh, it was a, ni- it was a nice, effective scene there. That ideally would be like, hey, look what exists in the world: people that can get their faces shot off and still get up and come at you. We'll we'll see how that goes in the rest of the show, but that's that's a good. It was a good good yeah. sequence. Uh,
2: so Alicia has gotten lost in the death maze and she's attacked by Susan, the walker from next door. Yep. Uh, Chris saves her. He pulls her out and she hits him. And then and Nick points out. You know, I think it's Travis says she's sick. Who who says she's sick?
1: Probably Travis. Travis, Travis says he's sick. <laughs> Travis says he's sick or I'm sick. Because remember, sick? Alicia
2: has. Yeah. Alicia hasn't seen this before, and Nick said she's not sick, she's dead, and that's when Alicia puts the pieces together about Matt
1: and freaks out. You can start doing the drinking game for the amount of times that Travis mentioned somebody being sick in this show. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's not
2: necessarily wrong.
3: Well, but I mean, the thing is, is one, I think the next door neighbor's name was Pete. Pete comes at him, regardless of... The across-the-street neighbor, yeah. I think it's yeah regardless of if if you think he's sick or you believe he's a walking dead corpse um he's covered in viscera you're not gonna just walk up to him or just allow him to walk up to you and 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 come i mean if if you think he's that sick and he's covered in guck you're not going to let him touch you. And he's just, he's trying to calm him down. You know, Hey, you're, you're sick. You know, we're, we're here to help you or whatever, you know that. But regardless, that's fine. That at that moment, he believed he was sick, whatever. After he had his face shot off and he is still walking at them. And then I just, how he can now believe, Oh, well, Susan's just sick. Come on. Reality check. Maybe they don't know what a zombie is, but these are definitely not living human beings.
2: Well, I think I'm going to have to t- disagree with you on almost all of that because it-, it didn't take out his brain. Now, don't get me wrong. A human being would die from that first wound, but not immediately. Like it, it shot his face off. He would be in terrible pain. But theoretically, a you know, a cracked out human or somebody on basalt or something could do exactly what that guy did. But regardless, I that's a side have point. To disagree there. I, I, I know you disagree. You talked no, about it for five minutes. No. But <laughs> besides from that point, none of that means they're not sick. Yes, I, I, I understand you wanna split hairs on sick versus dead, but first off they are all sick and then they die. But beyond that, him saying sick versus not knowing what a zombie is, because zombies don't exist in this world in fiction it's not that weird. Like, you're, you're going out of your way to think this is weird. He, They are sick. There's no reason for him to think it's the undead yet.
3: Not, I didn't say that he needs to realize that they're undead, and I'm not trying to... Well, the you, you did. Between, <laughs> but... No, what I'm saying is, he needs to realize that these people don't need to be coming, touching him. He doesn't need to be... No, 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 no. I'm talking with Susan to later them. on.
2: I'm talking with Susan later
3: on. When well, and the still thing... No, no, I mean... Mommy
1: and daddy are fighting.
3: (laughs) I just, I mean, we're running into the Herschel trope. I mean, of, oh, they're sick, we can help them. I mean, come on, how many... He's seen the drug dealer. He's seen the people eating each other on the street when they're escaping the riot. He's seen the the cross-the-street neighbor have his face blown off. And yes, I agree, someone might live a little bit from that. But they're not going to not be screaming in pain and slowly moving back towards you. They're going to be on the floor writhing and screaming in pain. So, obviously... These people, they're He doesn't they're think they're okay.
2: <laughs> he realizes something is wrong. He just doesn't realize the extent it's wrong. Yeah, I i, I, I mean... I'm not saying he's making the smart decision, but I'm saying that fully Thank falls you. within the realm of logical decisions a real human being would make in that ridiculous scenario. Not no. every human, but many no. humans no. would make I, those same they're... Thought processes, not just be ready to murder someone because because they can.
1: I w- I'm not necessarily going to go to the full extent that really either of you are going, but I see where I more side with Rich because I see where he's coming from in terms of just the show that this is trying to be versus the one that we're getting, where it just seems like there's not enough urgency being placed on these characters to react to certain things that are way weirder than normal in a show that seems to want to embrace that weirdness but still wants to kind of have it another way as well. It just it just doesn't exactly. feel it doesn't feel balanced.
3: And you more or less kind of made my point, Jordan, as well. Of while I disagree with any logical human being, I
2: no I, no no, I'm not saying any logical human being. I'm saying there are many logical human beings who would be here that way. Said, not all.
3: When you said yes, he made the stupid choice
2: only or, because we know the we know the macro of the world. No, but that but
3: that's the thing is they they are trying. To put Madison and Travis at the center of this is 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 at least the feeling I'm getting. And they're the ones that are making the dumb decisions. They're the ones that are just not believing what they're seeing. And again, I want to reiterate the point. Travis is the one that believed Nick in the first episode. Now all of a sudden he's changed his mind. I, I that doesn't make sense to me. The characterization doesn't make sense. They they are they are they're they're two dimensional and they're making stupid assumptions, and dumb choices. At least Madison, towards the end of this episode, starts to put things together and still doesn't fully believe, but definitely knows it's not living... Something is not right. I think think Madison's
2: fully on board by the end of this episode. Yeah, well, she's she's
1: like the lead... I mean, I I understand that it has Cliff Curtis and Kim Dickens, but I think Kim Dickens, Madison, I think she's the lead character, and I think if it took three episodes to get her to a point where... She gets it. I think right. we're there now. Um, Travis is still like, I, I kind of thought he was actually going to die at some point in this episode. So, like, I don't know what's going on with him.
3: Yeah.
2: But I, I, I've got to disagree strongly with your use of two-dimensional for Travis, in particular, when all the things you're complaining about are things that make him three-dimensional. The choices he makes, whether you agree with them or not, they go to his his you know mode of thinking, his way he approaches problems, his passiv pacifi-
1: uh, paci- pacifism him being
2: a pacifist because I'm not going to be able to say pacificity correctly when I need to. Um, all those things go to, towards making him a three dimensional character, not a two dimensional. Uh, one. Yeah, I
1: yeah. I can ag- I I can agree with that to a point. I just think it's somewhat of a poorly drawn three dimensional character because that's only going to get you. It's not a. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go into, like, what if I did this? But at the same time, it's like, I, I think I would have made different choices for how to handle this character because this is not working for me.
2: Oh, and and that's certainly legitimate. I'm not saying anybody's wrong Oh, yeah, I get that.
3: Yeah. I, I just... No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I mean, you make good points, and I, I'm just saying that it's just not working. And it, maybe it's just not working for me, but talking to other people that are fans of the show... of of walking dead the world kind of see the same things you know and so i'm not alone in that and and i just again you know i can i can allow and understand especially in a first season of a show where you know there's going to be mistakes there's going to be um you know finding their way with characters and things like that but this is from the same you know creator and 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 People that brought us the first season of The Walking Dead, which for a first season of a show was freaking incredible. Now, obviously, I don't want the same exact thing because this needs to be different. And they promised us something different and they're poorly delivering it. And they're poorly delivering it with characters that just do not compel the story while the story has all the elements to be a good story, the characters do not deliver the story for us with the exception of Tobias or Daniel, or even to a point, um, um, I'm drawing a blank. All of a sudden the drug addict, Nick, uh, Nick, you know, I mean, and even Nick, there's some issues I have with, but it, you know, I couldn't care about any of these kids
1: less. I don't think, honestly. Yeah. If if Nick's gonna, every week's gonna be like, when are we gonna get the drugs? Like if that's gonna be his thing every week, I just I don't care.
3: Right, 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 right. But I mean, he definitely make He has a few lines of dialogue in each episode that at least makes it a little
1: bit compelling to the story that that comes from you him know, being what i assume is a good actor like i i, <laughs> right, right, right. I, I have nothing else to back that with because i don't i'm not familiar with frank delane as an actor but you don't hire someone yeah. onto a show like this because they're a bad actor so you know whatever he's doing right, he has able right, he has abilities right. to make some lines work <laughs> so.
3: well i don't know if you're correct on that either because the actor that's playing chris and the character of chris is just terrible terrible but, True,
1: um, <laughs> I can give you that. He's younger. I don't know. He's yeah, younger and not so, British. You know, so I mean, so is, Chan- so is so
3: is Chandler Riggs, and Chandler Riggs has done a pretty amazing job as Carl. So just, that
1: t- it took him a while, though.
2: Yeah, you guys look. I I say you guys. Many people look at those first couple seasons of The Walking Dead through way too rose-tinted glasses if you don't remember all of these stay in the stay-in-the-house Carl memes and all that kind of stuff. Because that was the bane of people's existence for like two and a half seasons. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but that wasn't Chandler Riggs' fault. It was a lot of anti-Chandler Riggs talk in the beginning. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't remember, but there was a lot of <laughs> that,
3: that, was, that was more anti-Laurie and Rick's parents talk. Um, Chandler Riggs, I mean, yes, he was not you know you know professional actor chops of of twenty years on stage or something, but I think that he at least delivered better than this kid playing Chris does as Chris he is just it's I'm wondering are they feeding him the lines through an earpiece or something because he is just bad just I bad. hope
1: this is our most popular episode of Walking Dead TV podcast by the way we just said bitch about everything every five minutes. <laughs> Well, and what's sad
3: is I still really kind of like the show. I don't love it but I still kind of like it and I think that but I think a lot of that comes from I just I want to force myself to like it because it's, I good, it's
1: goodwill show. that's dragging you through. I think I think the yeah. I think the yeah. issue honestly continues to be that it feels like this is a show that they finally got some ideas on how to do and they finally started filming it just this year as opposed to having like lots of prep time even though it seemed like they did since they announced it so long ago. And it seems like there's probably wasn't too much rehearsal compared to some of the other shows. There wasn't too much time to set up a lot of the shots they need to get or whatnot. It just feels like it's kind of right. pasted together because they had a release date they had to hit as opposed to having exactly the amount of time they needed to get this right. And I mean, we consider a nitpick each aspect of things that going going on in each of these stories every week on the episodes. But what it seems to be coming down to is the fact that, It's just not working that. It's just not gelling that well. And Jordan, I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I know there's other people that are also enjoying it. Probably people that listen to this podcast that are liking it a lot more than we do. But I, I'm not. I'm also not blind. to A lot of people that aren't really enjoying it, or at least not liking it nearly as much as they want to, or like they're coming down. Oh
2: no, absolutely. And and I should say I don't love
1: it. Yeah, I don't
2: like. I don't love the regular show either. Mm -hmm. But I I really like the regular show, and I like this one enough. I think it's certainly been a, a step in the right direction. Each subsequent episode. But while I think there are, and not to on you guys or anyone who doesn't, you know, love the show, because I don't think anyone needs to love the show or should love the show or whatever, but while there, are, I think, mixed in here, there are legitimate criticisms that I might have, might play devil's advocate against, I also think some of this stuff, like, some of it I literally don't even know what you guys are talking about, like, Chris, now granted, maybe this is just because I've worked with a lot of teenagers and young adults and people his age in, you know, throughout my life in different jobs and stuff, but... He comes off to me like a totally normal 14 or however old he is, year old boy. Like nothing about him comes off as unnatural or strange to me. It seems perfectly normal. So while some of the stuff I can at least say we're coming from, like stuff like that, it's
3: just seems like a kid to me. No, the the action that his care and dialogue, his character is supposed to have, isn't isn't so much the issue. Although some of the dialogue, I I'm saying
2: the delivery quickly. too. Like I I have no problems with his delivery. Now, granted, I, I wasn't like, paying I, super I, close and, attention and, to it. But.
3: And some of it might also be the director is not taking the time to help develop him. Because the thing is, is is I'm looking at it from an acting standpoint. The way that he is in the shot. The the different ways that um, his character is faced to the camera or to the audience, um, the way that he, um, I don't know, just portrays himself. It's not so much the what he says is or how he says it. It's how he is is. It's his body language. It's the look on his face. He seems to be over delivering with his facial expressions on things to the point of it's i, I hate to use the term shatner-esque because th- that's insulting to shatner but it's it's almost like that it's it it seems like he's trying to go over the top with his lines
1: i i am um, i'm not i'm not really coming down as hard on some of these on the on some of the acting going on but i think what more is the issue for me is that I just find most of these characters annoying and the show's not doing much to make me feel and not being endeared by them very much. And like it, that I think that, you know, there's a point of having, you know, realism in terms of how characters would act. And there's a point of trying to engage the audience and, you know, wanting you to have, you follow along with these people you're watching. And I just, I don't feel that with a majority of the cast, which is largely the kids. There's so many of them. Right. But Daniel really brings it along. That's what I, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: yeah.
3: I don't know where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've got it.
2: Uh, Travis helps mend Chris's bloody nose. At first, they think it's broken, but it's not. And we get some a, a little bit of uh, Travis' backstory. It seems he may have, have a, had a bit of a violent past, which could explain his pacifism now. Um, we, we don't really get into it, but apparently he's had his nose broken many times. Um, And and at the end of the scene Chris asks him Basically says What the hell is going on Kids Yeah Yeah wanting to know What's going on When people are eating each other uh, so we we check back in with Daniel and he says his cousin's going to pick him up in the morning. He is clearly lying. Um, and Madison wants to go now, not wait. But Travis says, trust him, it'll be safer to go in the morning. And while generally I think I side with Madison over Travis in most of their discussions, in this one at least, he makes some pretty salient points on why it'll be safer to go in the light and not right now in the middle of the night when they have no idea where they're going.
3: Well, well, and, and that's the thing. And and I agree. I, I you know, knowing what we know as the audience, I wanted them to leave right away. But what, what Trav, Travis actually made a compelling argument there, and I, I thought that, that that was correct. However, the thing that's bothering me, and it's bothering me not just in this episode, it's just so far in the season, is they never quite explain why they're going to the desert. I mean, obviously they're wanting to get as far away from the city as possible, but why... The desert. Because the not? desert where is else? what's
2: on the outside of the city. Yeah, where else are they going, man?
3: Well, no, I mean, but, you know, go upstate to a wooded area somewhere that there's more likely... Because that takes a long time
1: to do. get to. The desert, you go and you're there. I mean, the woods, you got to drive up hours up a freeway. You don't know what's going on. The desert, you drive one way, and, and the desert's closer than wood areas in California.
3: Yeah, well, but in, in the wooded areas... There's things, There's sustenance. There's things you can live off of. In the desert, there's a sun and death.
2: Well, there's desert, and (laughs) then there's desert. This isn't Death Valley
1: they're going to. They're just trying to get out of the city limits. They're trying to just get in the boonies.
2: At this point, they made it clear last episode, they only think they're going to be there for a couple days until things die There's
1: supermarkets in the desert they can go to.
2: Yeah, yeah. Where? (laughs)
3: no I'm just saying
2: you realize like there's lots of places that are deserts right like Alaska is a desert but there's still things there (laughs) not everything is Death Valley or the Gobi I don't
3: know I don't know I'm not saying it doesn't make sense I'm just saying that I wish that there was more to why there more or less why Alicia especially is so desperate to leave I mean she was desperate to leave you know from the get go of this episode and she doesn't really fully know what's going on. So I don't know. It's just more of like what Aaron said earlier. It's just not gelling.
2: Uh, Travis brings the Walker body. Uh, what did we say? His name was Pete brings Pete's body so. outside and uh, Daniel says they should burn it. But Travis disagrees. He knew Pete. Pete was a good guy. Pete deserves better than having his body burned on the street.
1: That's great. But <laughs>
3: Daniel Daniel does make a compelling argument here. I mean, obviously, we know burning the body is going to do no good whatsoever. But like, when you like marshmallows of, over it. When you well, <laughs> when you think about plague-like sicknesses, which this is not, you know, this is has the promising of you know some sort of really bad sickness that's going around. It's kind of common to you know, incinerate bodies to make sure that the disease doesn't continue to spread, so... Well, yes, yeah, but, but it's
2: not common for me to burn my neighbor, it's common for, like, the CDC or military to do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I, I, I can understand the tra- Travis, you know, given who he is, his reasoning for not wanting to burn his neighbor.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not arguing either way, I'm just saying that, you know, he I don't know, he seemed kind of appalled at Daniel over the whole suggestion of it, and to me, it doesn't seem like that would be something that would be an uncommon suggestion for a body of somebody that died from some sort of mysterious deadly virus
2: (laughs) mysterious double shotgun blast to the face i mean i don't know like i I haven't really thought about this before because i would have no reason to because i'm not psychotic but um now that we're talking about it i am thinking about it i would have no problem theoretically in a zombie apocalypse shooting a zombie in the face but for some reason burning a body, be it zombie body, human body, whatever, just feels wrong to me. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I have no problem with cremation or something, you know, like that, but I I would have a really hard time burning a body. That would just really creep me out. If you had
1: just shot the body in the face to stop it from killing you?
2: But if it had stopped already, if it's already stopped, something about burning a body, I don't don't know. Like, I don't know what it is. Like I said, I've never thought about this before, but... It just
3: seems weird to me. Well, once you're into the full-blown zombie apocalypse, like the other show... You're um, pot-committed. Maybe, but not on day two. (laughs) No, I'm just saying it doesn't really... It kind of doesn't really matter into that point of the apocalypse. But here at the beginning, where you don't know what a zombie is, you don't know anything other than... Especially the one character who, like Aaron said, could be a drinking game of how many times he says they're sick, would not seem to think that Daniel's suggestion would be appalling or unusual.
2: I'm not even saying appalling or unusual, just I'm not willing to do it, or he's not willing to do it, not on day one. I'm sure I could work up to burning a body, give me enough chance, but... That's um, the
1: logline of the episode right there. <laughs> I'm sure I could work <laughs> up to burning a body, just give me a chance, I'll be there. <laughs>
2: like, you know, give me a few months to work up to it, I'll, I'll get it down. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, I'm not even, I, I don't disagree with you that Daniel's yeah. points are strong. Again, I really like Daniel. But it's not even just agreeing that that's probably a good idea. It's agreeing that I'm, you know, I'm putting myself in Travis's shoes here. That I'm no, willing yeah. to personally do it.
3: Well, and I empathize with 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 uh, Travis on this. Is a person he knew. He's. Yeah, I, I empathize with that. I'm just saying that. Again, it's it's more of the delivery of the way the acting is going. It was the look on his face and the way he delivered his lines about he didn't deserve that that it just he like like Daniel was just off his rocker crazy for suggesting it. And I just don't think it was that crazy of a suggestion.
2: Uh, Travis and Liza talk back inside the house. He thanks her for fixing up uh, Griselda's foot. If you recall, Liza is a nurse. Um, but she lets him know that, Hey, I might've helped, you know, stabilize it for now, but without a doctor, that foot's going to die. It's going to poison her blood. And then she's going to die too. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of come to terms with that. And we end the scene with, it's going to be awkward having two
1: wives in the house drama drama <laughs> drama <laughs>
3: yeah and i i thought she kind of jumped to a conclusion rather quickly there i mean yes it's a bad wound but you know if you're i mean she's a nurse and obviously they've Probably can get you know a few medical supplies, nothing like morphine or 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 antibiotics and things like that, but enough to keep the wound clean and put clean bandages and all that to where it's not all of a sudden here shortly her organs are going to be failing. Well, I don't I think mean, she's
2: saying it's tomorrow. She's just saying
3: I don't know. It's I just thought go. She, like it needs surgery. surgery. I thought not she was a little in, over dramatic there. Which, by the way, I really like that actress. Uh, oh, she's, she's does great really, in Orange is the, New, yeah, is the New Black. Yeah, she does awesome in Orange is the New Black. I mean. Uh, but, you know, I just, and I I think she delivered the, her scene fine. It's just, I don't think that that was quite the conclusion to jump to all of a sudden. Although, having an ex-wife, that does kind of make sense. They like to be very dramatic with their ex-husbands. So, I, I kind of get it now. Never mind, I take it all back.
2: I'll take your word for it. Uh, Ophelia Salazar, who's the daughter, uh, she wants to stick with Travis and crew. This is the you know the Salazar family is kind of in the back bedroom. Um, Daniel says no, uh, we're not part of their family. It's not going to happen. And they confirm in that scene that the cousin is definitely not real, uh, which
1: we already knew because it was obvious. Yeah, Daniel's still trying to make some sense though. It's like well, these guys are idiots. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do,
2: I do like his his point of view, and I really want to know his backstory, like you know, what did he do in El Salvador? What, you know, what background does he right. come from that he's so, well, he fought, he fought predators. That's what he did. His background.
3: It's like Griselda says to their daughter, you know, me and Papa have been in worse. Of course, I don't think she quite realizes what they're in, but it well, was she... a
2: Denny's in Toledo.
1: It was terrible. She's named Griselda. So, that's I... the worst right there.
2: Griselda, <laughs> and that's gotta be a Griselda Gunderson reference, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. seriously. I know. Right? I
1: did not think of that until now, though. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I like I mean, the that, idea that, that someone tagged onto that. On it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah.
2: They're like, why did we waste that name on a doll? We've got to bring that name Griselda. back. Griselda. <laughs> I really hope we learn that her, like, maiden name or middle name is is Gunderson.
1: She, oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: she's not even El Salvadoran
3: like the rest of the family. Well, yeah, I was gonna say she, she's she's a Latin Latino. She was uh, adopted think... by the Gunners.
2: Uh, what I are see. those kids' oh, names
1: okay, I... that died? <laughs> oh, Lizzie and Mika. Yeah, maybe maybe she maybe she worked for Lizzie and Mika. That's what she got the baby. <laughs> maybe from. she was their nanny at one yeah, point. Like, exactly. Yeah. Then they finally moved to LA yeah, when... and got the hell out of that Atlanta. <laughs>
3: exactly.
2: <laughs> she's like, I think yeah. one
1: of these kids might kill me at some point. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> she saw the signs. Those are the tough times <laughs> she was talking about. <laughs> Exactly. I like this story better. Where the where the, where the Salazar family lived in Georgia for a while before moving to L.A. Uh,
2: so Travis and Madison catch up. She fills him in on the pill trip. that She went to the school. Um, he apologizes for what Daniel did to the walker in front of everybody. She says no, he had to. Um, and at least in my notes I say she seems to have come to terms with this is the world we live in now. These are the things we're going to have to do. She's not necessarily okay with it, but she's going to She's going to push through it.
3: This, yeah, this is where I was like, finally, she understands. Talking smartly.
2: Uh, Lisa, Lisa and Madison uh, talk. They catch up. But Lisa wants to bury the hatchet, which I was happy that they brought that up early to hopefully get it out of the way. Um, Madison tells her about uh, Susan next door, kind of their background. She used to babysit the kids. She's known for forever. Um, This is where we learn that Madison's husband is dead. And Madison says that if she becomes a zombie, Liza needs to kill her. Don't make Travis do it. It would break him. And Liza nods hesitantly. And then we cut to commercial.
3: Well, this is what would have been a potentially great scene because it it started off so well that just turned into a, a seed for later dumb drama. And that is... You're gonna sit here, the home wrecking woman that took her husband away from her, basically. Um, you're gonna sit here and tell her, "Hey, if that happens to me, I need you to kill me, and or deal with it." And that's fine. Just end it right there. Don't tag on to the ex-wife whose home you wrecked. Um, don't, don't let don't let Travis do it. He loves me too much is basically what Whoa, she's saying. Hold on.
2: We got, we got several layers of this onion to peel back here for a second. Do we have any reason to believe that this was a home wrecking situation and not just he got divorced too. and then met Ken Dickens? I, yeah, I don't... I I've seen no evidence yeah, to support I, your I, theory. I was trying to
1: forget something? Yeah, I did. There
3: was, a, there was a lot of exposition in the first episode in dealing with him being his weekend and everything else that... Um, he cheated on her with the school counselor where he works. I mean, it wasn't outright said, but it was very much implied. I don't know. I, listeners, I don't know. Am I off you, my rocker? You may be right. I
2: just remember nothing about this whatsoever. But, yeah, I, but yeah. that's,
3: exa- that's exactly what I took from the first episode was that he, he cheated on her and then ended up leaving her for Madison and their engaged. That's, that's what I took from it. And for her to sit there and turn to her, it was very compelling. Let's bury the hatchet. Hey, if you know, that happens to me, I want you to take care of it. All that such, such a beautifully done scene that gets wrecked with, but don't, cause I don't want Travis to do it. Don't let him do it. Cause basically he loves me way too much to have, to have to have him do it. And I'm just like, that was a ridiculous line to say to this man's ex-wife, whose home you wrecked. That's I just I, I, to me it's it's another soap opera type drama seed that's planted for some you know altercation down the road. And I, I just didn't like it at all. <laughs> and I was so disappointed because it was potentially going to be such a beautiful scene.
2: Would the scene have worked better for you, uh, going to another layer of the onion here, if if Liza had said, only if you agree to do the same for me? Yes. Okay. Because I kind of took that as an understood, like, not that it's if Travis has to kill me specifically, but if Travis has to kill, you know, any of us, it is going to destroy him. Like, that, that's just how that's I took how it. That's more how I
1: took it. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that there's a home-wrecking situation that happened, but I just—I don't recall it, and I feel like I would have picked up on that.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and watch the first episode again. I don't know if I want to subject myself to that punishment, but that that's what I took from it, that that was what went down. And that's one of the reasons Chris is so mad at his dad, because
1: he cheated on his mom. If that was the case, it would make me like it would both maybe like and dislike the show more because one, I didn't get that, so poor handling on the show's part. But two, that makes more sense in terms of these characters I'm supposed to be trying to relate to in some way.
3: Right, which is one of the reasons I like the um, ex-wife's character is because she is playing it like someone who's been like a woman scorned. So I
2: I think I agree with Aaron. Um, If if you were right. Rich, and that's what's going on, and they're just kind of like, well, to go back to the Onion metaphor, giving us a little bit of this at a time, and so it's not so much a reveal, but just a gradual um, uncovering of that particular triangle's intricacies. That That's actually pretty interesting. But I also like the way it is now, where it's just, you know, the ex-wife and the future wife, who are, at least from my reading of that scene, coming to terms with the fact that they can't hate each other or treat each other like dirt and not not so much i i almost get the impression of it's like a uh, you know uh, a blood oath between like 2 12 year old boys just being like you know we're going to be not best friends forever in this case but just like we're in this together right like we're we're going to we're going to get this done
3: yeah and and i mean i'm fine with that i just i i it was kind of you know, like th- throwing it in her face. He, you know, he don't let him do it because he loves me too much.
2: I mean, even if you're right about the home wrecking thing, which again, I, I, you may be, you may not be, I, I didn't catch you if it is. I, I still didn't get the impression from that scene that it was a throwing it in your face thing, or at least not intentionally from.
3: No, Madison no, 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 part. no, no, I don't think Madison intentionally did. Oh, it. Oh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not faulting the actress here. I'm faulting the writing and the directing. I to me that should not have been a line written for that character. It should have just simply ended with please take care, of, you know, let's make this oath. And like you said, had that been what it was, I would have been perfectly fine with this scene because I thought it was a very well-set-up scene that just was ruined by that line.
2: One one other thing from this scene and a couple others that I wanted to bring up as a possible like character thing in the background. Do we think Madison possibly has an alcohol problem um and I, I only say this because there's a number of scenes now granted she's just been through a lot but she's got the wine glass in her hand um we know her son has you know substance abuse problems and those things can sometimes uh you know go genetically do we think that that could be an issue with her that she has a, also a problem with substances
3: actually i kind of picked up on something there and i i think that you might be right but not correct all the way. I think what's happening is she's been a casual drinker. She, and she drinks during points of stress, but I don't think she's been an alcoholic, but I think what's going to happen is the, everything that's unfolding this season and going into the next season, it's going to turn her into an alcoholic. Well, that could be. And, what, and what we're going to see is this total flip flop. We're going to see Nick's character get sober and, everything else as his mother becomes this alcoholic drunk who has her own quote drug problem if you will and it's going to flip the script on him instead of her worrying about him being what he is he's now going to worry about her and try to help her and it could ultimately be one or
1: both of theirs undoing i I could buy what you what you just just said is describing a show that i'd really like to watch someday (laughs)
2: <laughs> but I mean, for all of this stuff like for me it just feels like they have to build up to these things i don't know i, I feel like and i'm not saying you guys but just the general uh is it oufois, the right word in this term but the general feeling i'm getting from the internet is people expecting a lot of things that take time to set up and that well, can't just be there from the
3: beginning no and i agree with you jordan to a point but let's see this is now the midpoint to this season right because mm-hmm. it's only six episodes long what was the problem with season two of the original Walking Dead? That they spent the first half of the season searching for Sophia and dragging it out. And while all, a lot of the stuff in the first half of that season was necessary to help set up for the second half of the season, it didn't need to take eight episodes. It and Just like this didn't need to take three episodes, um, basically three and a half hours of television time to, to get to the point at the end of this episode, I think in the hour and a half premiere, they could have got to the point that they were at the end of this episode and still told a compelling story. If it was written well, done right and cut out a lot of the, the, the BS, the character moments. It. No. Well, if they were good, I would
1: agree, but they're not really good character moments.
3: Yeah, they're not good character moments. Take out all these bad character moments and replace them with one or two good character moments and tell the story that you want to tell. And... It, to Aaron's point it's like they just waited to the last minute to slap this together and it drug out for 3 episodes with a very promising ending to this one of what the next 3 episodes might
1: be that rem- so, I mean I'm just repeating yeah. myself that just remains my issue I don't feel like I'm not getting what I wanted or something it just feels like the execution feels is off that's that's my that's my yeah, main complaint here exactly I mean I I'm not I'm not like wishing that I I got like all these new plot developments and what like conveniently packaged for me so i'm already getting the payoff of things that should take like a season to develop or whatnot it's just more i don't feel it's being done very well
2: so in the morning travis buries uh, the dead zombie uh, pete and zombie susan watches from the other side of the fence um, and then we have a moment that I found hilarious, which is when the neighbor next door, who apparently has no idea that anything yeah. out of the ordinary is going on, uh, puts his trash out for pickup at the curb. And just—I don't think he waves; he just kind of looks and then walks back. No, no, in no I, th- at, okay, Travis, I, I
1: I thought I we talking about something else. Actually, I,
2: I, I at, at, at Travis with a body wrapped up in a in a
1: carpet. I, I do think it's him. hilarious. Although I don't—I wouldn't say he's completely uninformed. I think he's just more of like he's on his toes. That's the kind of look that I is like. I'm watching you. I'm I'm looking I'm, I'm, I'm out for what's going on, buddy.
2: He he doesn't know enough is going on to the point that he thinks traffic or he thinks trash pickup is coming.
3: Right. Whereas that's what makes another point of no sense with Travis's character. Does he really think trash no, 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 pickup no, 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 is no no, 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 be- no, 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 no. I can I can, I, Travis, I, the I can
1: get a, I can go along with this with the idea of that, because they want to they the what makes that's what makes that's what makes Daniel an interesting character to me opposed to Travis and the other where Daniel. Understands things aren't going to be the same. Where Travis is trying to hold on to this reality that everything's going to be all right. The authorities are coming. Everything will be fine in no time. So let's yeah, keep going along. let going that. along with the things that we normally do because nothing's wrong. Like that, I can I can understand the internal logic yeah, of taking okay. that trash can. I'll, you I'll don't want and, and Travis,
2: yeah. to be fair, I don't think Travis was taking the trash out. He had something to throw away, and the trash no, can no. was yeah, already yeah. there, and he just put it in the trash can because that's what you do.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's um, the neighbor who
2: still thinks trash pickup is coming,
1: and that is hilarious.
3: Well, yeah. but I mean, how much does the neighbor know? You have no again, idea. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh no, no. Been I agree. With
1: asleep you. for the last couple of days. Who knows? That's what I'm saying, though. I do think there's there's a lot. I mean, it's I, I think it's less of a trash is definitely coming, and I'm fine. I haven't noticed anything at all, and more of a, well. I, you, you, you keep. I'm gonna watch you and everybody else around me. But I'm just gonna go back to my house now. I took well, out the trash, did my thing. I, something's going yeah. on. I don't need to be a part of it. I'm going inside.
3: And I think it was a moment of levity that they were. Oh giving yes, us for sure. sure. Like, like it's, it's not. I don't think look. it show's beyond that. To, <laughs> to the point of, I have a feeling that that little scene may have been Kirkman's idea because that is almost classic Kirkman there. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: So Travis has back inside, and he sees Daniel teaching Chris about the shotgun. Travis is not happy about that. He does not like guns. And he tells Chris, get outside, finish packing the truck. Um, But Madison sides with Daniel that this
3: is probably a good idea. Before we go further, did Jim join us?
2: Hey, Jim. Editor's note, uh, Jim at this point in the episode is here. For whatever reason, though, in the actual recording, him saying hello and us, you know, like welcoming him in, just, it's not on the file. I have no idea where it is. Trust me, though, he's here, he'll speak again in a couple minutes, but we're not just saying hi and then ignoring him for however long it is till he speaks again. We're not that rude. We're kind of rude, we're not that rude. Well, nah, nah. back to the show. Uh, so before they leave the house, uh, Madison says she has one last thing she needs to do, so she goes over to the fence where Susan is with a hammer in her hand. I believe Is that a ball-peen hammer? Is- yeah. I, th- I thought so, I couldn't remember the name for sure, though. Um, Travis walks over to stop her from, you know, killing the zombies. She says she doesn't want Susan's husband, Patrick, to come home and find her like this. Uh, Travis tries to talk her out of crossing that line because as he points out, we have no idea what this is. There could be some vaccine. They they could be, there could be some way to bring them back from this. Um, and she reluctantly listens to him. And Daniel watches from the window, and in uh, in Spanish, calls them weak.
3: And he is absolutely 100% correct.
2: Yes, but I do like that, that Madison was willing, at least in the beginning, yes. to take the volition yes. and do
3: that. And that's the thing, is, is she's making sense in her head now. Again, I don't quite think in this scene she's fully 100% there yet, but she's like 98% understanding what's going on. And... I had a feeling after she agreed with him, she was going to turn back, grab the hammer, and smack her in the forehead with it. Um, and the fact that she didn't, I was just like, oh man. And then went, and then it's followed up by Daniel, you know, saying they're weak. And I'm just like, you got it, buddy.
2: Uh, so Madison gets in the car. Uh, Nick needs more drugs now. He, his, the last ones he took are starting to wear off. Uh, she gives him what they have left, which is only a few. And she says she gave the rest of them to Griselda because she needs it more. They'll get through it, uh, but Nick disagrees. Back inside the house, Ophelia still wants to go with them. Um, Griselda needs the nurse, she says. Uh, Liza, of course. And Daniel says that they, our our group of people, will die first in all of this because they're good people and thus they're weak and they won't make it.
1: Yeah, that's hidden some familiar ideas. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, and that makes sense, especially with the El Salvador background. Again, we don't know exactly what he went through, but we kind of have an idea. And that does make sense. But also, as the audience, we know that that's not always the case, especially in this zombie apocalypse. Because, you know, we've seen a lot of good people in our other group that um, have had to do some pretty despicable things, but they're still good people.
2: I, th- I think we're using versa, different, like ter- back, different meanings yeah. of the word good in this case. Yeah, but but you know what you say yes, in absolutely. terms of like you know, right, there's, char- right.
1: there's character types that seem established and then the arc of a series puts them into a different position on vice versa or whatever. I mean, there's there's a lot of that. That said, I don't know what school Tobias and Daniel Salazar are going to, but they seem to they're they're on they're on the up and up in terms of how to yep. interpret things before they happen. I agree.
2: Uh, So as they're leaving their little neighborhood, military helicopters fly over. Um, They drive past the bloody bouncy castle. And as they exit the neighborhood, uh, Madison sees Susan's husband exiting his car and heading back to his house. Uh, Madison turns and follows him um, and he finds Susan. And against Madison's warnings, he hugs her. And as she's about to bite him, military burst through the fence and shoot her in the head. And then the military grabs everyone and pulls them
3: back. And we cut to commercial. Does her car not have a horn? She's screaming at him, but obviously he can't hear her because of the helicopter overhead. But, you know, and it made sense. I, I actually agreed with her turning to try to go help him, um, whereas other people I've talked to today thought it was a dumb choice. But I think it was within her character. And He is a
2: clearly not dead person who is not quite in danger right. yet, and she can stop him from
3: being right. in danger, hopefully. Right. But as you're turning to help him, start honking your horn. You know, making as much noise as you can to get his attention. All she's doing is just, you know, screaming out his name, which is being drowned out by a helicopter. I don't know. You know, again, what would I do in that situation? Would I be able to think that clearly? I don't know. But this is L.A. I've driven in traffic in L.A. People have no problem using their horns in
1: L.A. I don't know what it was, but, like, the acting or just the line readings he was given off. It was like, hey, I'm home. I've uh, come to see what's going on. And, well, where's my honey? Uh, like, just everything about it just felt so false to
2: me. <laughs> I, I kind of liked it in a, in a humorous way. Like, I, I didn't think it was supposed yeah. to be... That's serious? Yeah. He, I
1: don't think yeah, it was supposed to be so. funny, though. I thought it was, but because I mean, the reaction he has when you know his wife gets shot in the face. Well, like, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> I,
2: I think the, the impression you're supposed to get of him is almost like dad jokes type of thing. Like you're supposed yeah. to immediately identify with this guy as like just lighthearted, like uh, you know, it's fan right, show, you know, classical Americana right, yeah. type stuff. And and to the the, ju- the humor cut co- or not the humor necessarily, but the drama comes in the juxtaposition of hey ho, there neighbor, to oh dear God, my wife is a zombie.
1: Yeah, right. and again it's like this feels good for, you know, a short segment to preview the show or something like that, but in the context of this entire show, which already is at odds with what kind of show it wants to be, it just feels like another like, all right, well here we are with this like outlandish sequence that takes place with mixed with Kim Dickens screaming for the high heavens to try and get this guy's attention to save right. him. while well, he's like, Hey, oh, let's do that. Like it's just all of this stuff. It like it did it's not so much that it bothered me or that I'm down or I'm like negative on it, it's just more of it humored me because of how off-putting, it felt in an episode that already felt off-putting because of the varying tonal shifts that happened.
0: Yeah, it seemed kind of out of place, like um, like you say. I'm, I'm really the thing that's really bothered me the most. I think about this show so far, not to get you know too uh, too you know uh, general, is just is something you, you just hit upon, Aaron. It's the tone. It doesn't seem like. It it knows where it wants to be or the kind of tone it's going for with his characters, and it just kind of, like the scene you just mentioned, it definitely seemed out of place to me as well, you know, what I mean, his, you know, his, everything is going to hell all around him, but he's like, oh, honey, I'm home, blah, 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 and all this stuff, and just like, it seemed, yeah, you know, like you said, almost jarring because it didn't fit totally with what else. Is going on around them.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've, we've kind of talked about this already in the episode, Jim. So I'm not trying to shut you down or anything. It was like, yeah, we,
0: we, we've been pretty much. We're all in.
1: Me, Rich, and you seem to be pretty large. And I think Jordan, even to an extent, even though you like it a little bit, you're more positive on it than we are. I think we all can agree that that the tone is not the best thing that's being handled right now. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I will say, though, overall, I did like this episode the and best. And I, think,
2: I think everyone's agreed to that,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prob- yeah, Everyone. I guess so, I'd say.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, Aaron, you were the only one who I don't think I explicitly said it, but yeah.
1: I think it, by default I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, so back from commercial, uh, the military is dragging away Walker bodies in body bags. Um, they interview our group, uh, you know, just asking how many people in the house, that kind of thing. Standard, you know, operating procedure. Um, they tell them it's going to be safer to all remain inside. And Madison starts asking the right questions. She's asking the military where they took Patrick. She's asking questions about if if this spreads through the infected's blood. Um, sh- she's doing the things at this point uh, that, at least in my mind, the things we want her to do: asking the right questions, that kind of stuff.
3: Now, who who believes? that you need to move that much dirt to bury a dog. I'm just saying he should have been a little suspicious that that
1: one soldier when he asked her about it. I think he was. I think it's just more of like I don't know. Yeah. Need to get I into mean it's right now. Like if you, if you yeah, want to say that that's what happened, that's what yeah. happened.
3: It didn't really bother me, but I was just like, "Come on, man. That that's pretty big for a dog's grave." Although, I mean,
2: it would be the right size for that particular dog, wouldn't it? That was a big dog. It was a big I car. mean, not a Chihuahua, yeah. but, you know, it was, a, it was a German Shepherd, I think, right? So. I don't know, maybe. So Nick slinks around, uh, probably looking for drugs. Um, he's trying to break into uh, one of the nearby houses. Um, and he sees a little girl, not a zombie. She's alive, watching him through a window. They wave. It's kind of cute. Um, then we have a jetliner passing overhead. It dips. This is what we talked about in the beginning of the episode. This is probably our direct preview connection to the airliner um, con- uh, standalone special that will be coming in between seasons one and
1: two. We see the old wobbly airplane. <laughs>
2: and then uh, as the military is canvassing the neighborhood, uh, Travis says to Madison, the Calvary's arrived. It's going to get better now.
3: Now, I do want to beca- be fair here because I do dig on their production value a lot in not just this episode, but the season so far, that airplane scene I thought was very well done because I'm still trying to figure out was that a CG plane or did they actually maybe get some plane to act that? It was emphatically no, a CG
1: plane. plane. Yeah, they're not getting totally planes. CG, dude. In a show like this where we're seeing already crowds of errors and whatnot, they're not like, you know what, let's get a shot where we can get a plane and then film an well, act as perfectly timed. For one <laughs> shot. No,
3: I agree with you. I'm just saying that it was that well done. That that's this not was hard one do airplanes. I'm distance. just saying I know. I'm, I know I'm trying to be fair where I bagged on their other problems like outside the hospital and everything that they did this well.
2: Daniel and Griselda looking out through the window, see the military painting warnings on houses. It's I don't know the name for it. I know there is one, but it's the grid like natural disaster code that is used in real life. It's also used in The Walking Dead Telltale video game. Um, and he says to her that it's already too late, and that's the end of our episode. But I like the I like the visual continuity. I again, I realize it's a real life thing, but I do like the visual continuity between the video game and the show there with using that code.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Which wait, um, I, I missed what you said. What?
2: <clears throat> so they they paint with the spray paint that it's an okay. X, and then they they put. I forget. I know there's a specific thing of what it is, but it's like how many people are inside, how many people are dead, how many people are missing, and whether yeah, they've checked back it or to like
3: not. A- it's more no, like, like Oh like, okay like a, yeah like a, I, and I caught yeah. that with the black X towards the very end but the one that was spray painting with the light blue on Madison's house I was trying to figure out what he was doing cuz he spent an awful lot of time in the background doing that I was like it, what is he what is he painting
1: there but okay that makes sense now It it's it calls to like something like Katrina where you know stuff like that happens Yeah it's it's real it's, it's, it's very, real it's a real thing they use in real life it's, it's very evocative by using that in the, in this show. I'd yes, say. yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's our episode.
1: Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> very quick and easy to get. It through. was definitely an episode. My uh, my show. favorite part might have been the trailer for Into the Badlands that premiered <laughs> during. That oh episode. man, I can't wait for
2: that show. That <laughs> I was, was very awesome. intrigued by that. It was also a cool Doctor Who trailer, but um, yeah, that show looks interesting. I, I know very, I know pretty much nothing about it except I've seen the commercial, but uh, it does look interesting.
0: There B- pretty was an much extended show, trailer shows... that came out of Comic Con, right? Uh, uh, yeah guys, that's the trailer her, but, yeah, yeah.
1: shows set in an apocalypse where you have to use swords to fight other people, that just, that humors me to no limit, so I just I'm already intrigued. That's why Revolution I stuck with.
2: So, uh, before we get into what we thought of the episode in terms of our actual ratings, uh, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor, that's DCB Service, uh, Discount Comic Book Service at dcbservice.com and their sister site instocktrades.com. Look, we say it every week, you know the deal by now, comics are expensive, comics related merchandise is is expensive, but it's all really cool and we all really want a whole bunch of different stuff from it, not just the comics or the trade paperbacks, but the Funko Pop figures, and the t-shirts, and the hats, and the uh, the McFarlane Walking Dead building sets. You want them, you need them, but they're expensive, so instead, go to DCBService.com, go to InStockTrades.com, and save yourself 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, sometimes even more percent off of the prices of these items and get yourself get yourself a treat you deserve it you've been through a lot it's time to treat yourself go there and get this stuff on the cheap
0: i love it when i save more percent and remember it's not just books it's not just comics even if you're not reading the walking dead comics or any of other robert kirkman stuff it's it's uh, action figures and clothing and uh on uh, all kinds of other goodies, too. I mean, even if you're not into the comic scene and you just watch the show and you, you want to show your love for zombies, they, they have a lot of avenues for you to do that at low prices. So, by all means, check them out.
2: And we thank them for sponsoring this show. Thank you. So, gentlemen, our Buster or Tobias or Gloria ratings, our, our dog ratings for this episode, out of five, one being the worst, five being the best, what do you give this episode? Aaron, your name starts with A, fun fact, so you go first.
1: I'll give it, I guess, three and a half missing Tobias's out of five. Um, One thing, obviously, where's Tobias? Um, I I think this episode, yeah, I guess it's the best of the three I've seen so far. Um, I I don't know how much high praise it is. Obviously, you know, it's a positive rating, so it's not like I dislike the episode entirely or whatnot, but I just think there's so much room for improvements and so many things going on that aren't keeping me as intrigued as I'd like to be in a show like this where there's so much potential. Um, I find most of the characters irritating still. I'm really hoping to come around on some of them at least. I could use more Ruben Blattis. He's just, he's doing his part and it's helping. Um, And if the show wants to go straight horror, I'm digging that because I like the scenes where it tries to build tension and whatnot. But if it wants to also be this kind of gritty, realistic show, like in the same way the walking dead tries to be, then I wish it could stick with that also but i mean i just i needed to you know kind of make up its mind and figure things out so hopefully the la- other half of the season will do that or i have to wait till next year when they're most likely better better second season does better job with what the show's trying to do so three and a half for this episode
0: i also am giving it a 3.5 uh, which is what i gave the other two episodes i'm just finding it very mediocre you know i'm just like i'm I'm not connecting with any of the characters really. I'm not really caring a lot about what, you know what happens to them, and I mean there aren't those hooks of, of really you know strong characterization that we got in the first season of the original, the parent show, The Walking Dead, which I have kind of been rewatching as this has been going on to kind of c- contrast and compare. I mean by the third episode of that show I was invested in Shane and Rick and Lori, even though I still hate Lori, and you know and those characters. And and the third episode of this I'm just kind of waiting for it to be over in a lot of cases there are a few scenes i enjoyed in this though when we drove by the hospital i know it was kind of uh the fakie looking but i thought it was the right tone I, that's kind of what i wanted to see in this show was the 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 crumbling of the civilization in the wake of the zombie uh, apocalypse but we're really not not seeing it we're seeing a lot of the the stupid uh uh decisions that people make in bad horror movies uh which kind of bothered me plot wise um the The tone is all over the place. It reminds me a lot of Gotham, actually. It doesn't really seem like yeah. it has a set tone, you know. And there's so many, like, good shows that just right out of the gate have have hit their tone and, like, have have kept it. I mean, I, I, I mentioned Mr. Robot on the recent LOD that we talked about. Um, you know, Wayward Pines is a good example. Um, even The Flash... The flash pilot, you know, I mean, they set their tone, they hit the ground running, they made me want to watch the second episode. The this, first I, season I, of
1: uh, of Sleepy Hollow, which is a ridiculous show, but it nailed yes. exactly
0: what it's trying to do in that fantastic. Exactly. First, yeah. yep. And it set yep. a great tone, like right there between goofy and scary, kinda of that you know, that Evil Dead Two zone. You yeah. Know? Um, but like fear the walking dead they knew they had this giant built-in audience they knew that they had you know all this rabid fan base for the original show and the comic they knew it was going to be a phenomenon they knew they'd have the millions of eyes on it and this is the third episode and i still am just not invested at all in the show so i you know that's my soapbox for the week or whatever but 3.5
3: I don't think I can say it much better than Jim just did, because that's almost exactly how I feel about it. And I do have to say, in in comparison to the first two episodes, this was a huge improvement for what they're trying to tell as a story. But they're just not, as Aaron has said, they're just not executing it. Now, I, I'm i with Jim on... It's it's really hard to get invested in these characters. I really don't care about them. Um, I think that there is promise with um, with Daniel. I mean, even though we had him in the last episode, we really didn't get a whole lot of him until this episode. So the first episode that he's really a part of, he hits the ground running and is delivering. Um, you know, and then of course we no longer have Tobias, which we all love, but, um, you know, it's still plagued with the production problems. Um, and I agree with Jim, you know, the hospital scene, that's what I want to see in this show. But as we discussed earlier, it was so poorly rendered and shot and done and fake that it took me out of the scene. So it definitely made some improvements this episode and I I think the I I I was leaning towards a 3 but I think that there's enough to give it uh, agree and give it a 3.5 uh faceless zombies walking at you after eating a dog. <laughs>
2: Uh, I will give it a four, uh consonant with my uh, previous episode ones. Again, I think this one is stronger than the previous two. It, generally speaking, I, I agree with what a lot of you guys are saying. It has tone problems, it has pacing problems. Um, I've got to disagree on the characterization stuff. Like, it, There's no character in the show that I go, oh, I can't stand them. I'm not seeing the same um, inconsistencies in the characterization that's been brought up. I, I've already said my piece on that, but... In general, I don't love the show, but I think they're heading in the right direction at least. And this episode at least got a whoa moment for me and a laugh out loud moment. And I think they're they're going in the right direction. So f- four for me. But who cares what I think or the rest of us thinks. What did our listeners on the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group think, Jim?
0: Uh, we have our uh, really great Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. 650 members strong and just five new this week. So thanks for joining, guys. And... Uh, w- we uh, ask every week our listeners to chime in, and I was wondering, could we? Can I nominate the uh, the term Toby's, you know, short for Tobias? You know, yeah, as, I've been. As, as a, you know, synonym in for Buster's. Um, I agree. We like to give everyone their their chance to to you know voice their opinion and tell us what they thought of the episode. And uh, we again, we have a really cool group and a lot of good discussion going on there. And this is what you guys thought of that episode, Brent Jones. Uh, two point nine five why the why the druggie's still wearing the same clothes out of five uh they all seem way too calm to me if someone got their head blown off in my living room I wouldn't shake that off in ten minutes. I'd be more concerned about the guard shows up cleaning the houses door to door reminding me of Boston bombing search um that's true I, that that scene was like probably um the most true I guess or realistic because they do i have seen them do that like with Katrina or whatnot you know when they mark the houses. Um, Cheryl Morris yeah. Goodman now uh, of four point four dead not dead babysitters out of five. Intense and realistic to me. Each character plays a different perspective as to how people would react. Denial, sympathy, great desperation, confusion. Anyone else wonder who the hell Peter was for an instant? You take care of Peter. <laughs> I thought they mixed up the song's name at first. I thought the military was too trusting though. Um still the best episode so far. Uh, Mike Jones gives it a one-dog-should-never-die-out-of-five. This is the worst episode of either series my wife and I have ever seen. Wow. Late on the line, dude. Rose-colored uh, glasses. My go gosh. Uh, textbook how to make bad decisions in the zombie apocalypse. Horrible green screen and driving scenes that look like someone sat in the back of the truck with a camcorder while people <laughs> on screen rocked the truck back and forth. Uh, the B-grade helicopters were also a nice touch. Uh, the old Obi-Wan guy, I think he means Ruben Blattis. Uh, from the barbershop should not be should be put in charge before they all bumble into certain death. If you compare the first six Walking Dead episodes to what we've seen so far, there is no comparison. Uh yeah, that's what I've been kinda of doing. I mean I, I right after I watched Fear of the Walking Dead, I watched the uh the you know, the corollary from the original series to kind of compare. Um Christina Brown, a four point two five wives X wives in the same house out of five. Uh it stretched my suspension of disbelief at times. Who takes out the garbage to the side of the road during the apocalypse? But I love the intense moments of seeing Chris and Travis, watch the lights go out in the city as they're driving. That scene was haunting. I love Barberman Salazar. He's scarier to me than the zombies. He's not going to let Travis and his pacifist attitude get them all killed. It'll be interesting to see how Maddie and Liza interact with Travis between them. I loved it. Give me more. Uh, Everard Center Marina, 2.75. Nick is Jack Sparrow's out of five. <laughs> now I understand the pod's <laughs> issues with how the group is both clever and stupid about things at the same time. I, like most, love Ruben Blattis. But I'm a little puzzled as how he knows it's the apocalypse. He's obviously informed about dealing with disasters from time of the civil war in El Salvador. The line good people die first has to be one of the best lines ever, but this is still unprecedented even with this background in my opinion. I like how we're setting up Travis as the optimist, uh, Maddie is the budding, budding prote- uh, pragmatist uh, with a sentimental streak, and the Barbara as the no blanks to give realist. Uh, that chemistry could work although I'm feeling some Lori hate about Chris. Uh, Lisa Gonzalez for Garden Variety Susans. The pacing in this one is really great, and I'm loving Ruben Blattis, too. Uh, David B. III, so disappointed. I've given four to the last two episodes because I felt like I understand the point of view on something seemingly unbelievable. Um, possibly like the Bat-Salt Killer in Miami. Uh, you have two whimpering shepherds out of five. Did none of the neighbors hear the birthday party massacre? Uh, Hezron Mac 3.5, I guess you gotta learn the hard way out of five. Better than the first two eps. Uh, there's a momentum and such of urgency that I can feel. Uh, Sheriff Morris Goodman, Travis's response is totally normal. People don't jump that quickly to homicide. He is a high school English teacher, for Pete's sake. Who's that Pete? He's already dead. I don't know. <laughs> for Pete's sake. Bill and Ake, I always am conservative in my rings. You all know that. I say 3.5 out of 5 good morning, Susan's. Inconsistency is annoying to me. Uh, Brent Jones... Is uh, also chimed in with my thing is, why isn't anybody searching for answers, radio, TV, internet? Don't they keep saying that there is no signal or Wi Fi yeah. signal or something? Yeah, they, that's they, why they did can't explain use, that, right? That's, that's why the power
2: can. keeps going on and off after the five yeah, times a yeah. scene.
1: That's why Travis is like, Where's the phone? Because I don't have my cell
0: phone. I, I thought they had. Uh, Richard Chopper, Ch- Chopper Cherry Charrington, my favorite name to say every week. My favorite episode so far, so I'll give it a four out of five. Although it seems to be a dividing opinion among the fans, I'm a little confused how Travis's truck survived the rioting at the start of the episode. <laughs> Thank you. Yet every other vehicle was nearly enough trashed. Uh, I am Eric- not
3: alone. Thank you, Richard.
0: Eric Fager, this is Ramping Up. Great intro to the military response. Four out of five El Salvador refugees may not know walkers, but they do know evil.
1: Maybe rioters are just really snobby about the cars they flip over. Well,
2: there was also an untouched motorcycle right next to it, and that would be far more likely to be vandalized. That's, hey, I think maybe they were hey.
1: treating that like a prize. Like, whoever does the most rioting, guys, gets this motorcycle. So let's all leave no. it alone. Scouts on it.
3: Riding her. or not, you know not to mess with a biker's bike. Yeah, there you go. Riding or not.
0: Uh, uh, Tarek Awar gives this one uh, three shotgun blast to the face out of five. Waiting for that moment, Travis finally loses it with all the drama he's getting from both families. And Daryl Taylor, my compatriot from the DC TV podcast, and nothing's on. Uh, this episode improved mildly. I have to give it a three point five out of five. Travis, please shut up. Daryl, <laughs> yes, Daryl. That is the voice of Daryl Taylor. And if uh, you would like to join our Facebook group, we'd be more than happy to have you and join the discussion on all the episodes. And of course, when the uh, the parent show, The Walking Dead itself, uh, gears up here in October. Um, the discussion, of course, will ramp up uh, accordingly. So, yeah, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group, join us. You can see my awesome cover pages I make. Yes, I-, I do like the one you
1: have. Oh, right? yeah, <laughs> I-, I thought that was fun. <laughs> so, before we get to the
2: out and talk about uh, next week's episode, we do have our holdover discussion from last time, um, which is what should we ta- call this race in the Walking Dead? Sure.
0: Um, you know, racing we, we- the dead. racing the dead okay i like that sure
2: so i mean it goes without saying we and many many other people have had various discussions about uh the treatment of specifically black characters in the walking dead proper uh previously or at least the perception tends to be one black male in one black male out um Black female characters tend to work out a little bit better, but there's also been a lot fewer of them. And then we come to *Fear the Walking Dead*, which, generally speaking, and let's be you know very fair to them, is a very racially diverse show, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. We've got—I mean, I, I don't—I can't think of any other show on television that has a Maori lead character um, and another character who is half Maori and half uh, half uh, Latino. So I mean, that that's that's saying something. Um, that being said. In this p- particularly racially diverse show, we've been introduced to two black male characters, one of which is dead, and the other is almost certainly going to die within this first season.
1: And there's, of course, the drug dealer character.
2: Oh, yes, uh, who's also dead. Yes. Who's also dead, and a drug dealer. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
1: <a> drug dealer. <laughs> yes. But, he, but he's a okay. drug dealer who's got his stuff together, I mean, I mean until he died.
3: What's the actress's name that plays Sasha on the uh, The Walking Dead?
2: Uh, she uses she goes by three names, and one of them is
3: Monique, I believe. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I That's read... Bugging me. Hold on, I gotta I, look this up now because I'm blanking for some reason. I know this. <laughs>
3: well, while you're looking it up, um, I read an article where she spoke
1: about this issue. Uh, Sonequa, yes. Yes. Uh, Sonequa Martin Green. Yes. Ah, there we go.
2: Sunika. And and what she said
3: is, in a lot of cases, uh, these characters aren't necessarily given a race when they're originally written. Some are, some aren't. But these actors know when they take these parts that their characters are going to, you know, these smaller roles, that these characters are going to die at some point. A lot of this is already told to them up front unless they're going to be a long-term character. Um, So, you know, these are black actors taking these roles knowing this and if they're not having an issue with that what's going to happen to their character that was predetermined and like she said in some cases race was not exactly written into the character it was just something that was cast when they you know they liked that actor or whatever then it just it's happenstance now i don't know i mean i just to me no one is safe in the apocalypse in the zombie apocalypse and you know I just I I don't see I I think that there have been and I could be wrong cuz I've not actually counted but I think there's just been as many white characters die as black maybe not main characters but characters can I, well, can I jump in in, sure. in yes. the in the yeah, main show yeah. there's only even
2: been like four black male characters yeah and,
3: and 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 again I I'm I'm looking at it from the standpoint of I just I don't like to get into you know dissecting something down to that level unless it is an obvious this is what they're doing and i just i to me i just can't see that
1: they're obviously let me go ahead yeah yeah as the as the lone black voice on this podcast i i would say because we've talked about this before we brought this up in terms of the kind of the running joke on the walking dead concerning black characters and their sort their lifespans on this series um, I I have not been killed off of this podcast yet, so I'm thankful for that. I um, Cause that's because you're the voice of reason. I, I we need you as I much as possible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I I don't view it as a necessar- necessarily as a problem. And obviously, the show is not deliberately going out of its way to kill black characters. What the the issue with the Walking Dead? That, that's not much of an issue. That's more. Of, I can I completely agree with what's going on with with you know. Why things play out the way they do, and I see where some Nico Martin Greens coming from. And obviously, she's not going to bite the hand that feeds. So she's not going to you know start like railing off against AMC about the show that she's a star on. But um with Fear the Walking Dead, I think what the issue is for why this seems more of an issue for me now than it does on The Walking Dead is that it's not as if the Walking Dead producers in AMC or whatever are blind to the fan comments that are going on. That's, you know, that's at times influenced the show in various ways. So, it seems a, a bit odd that you've had three black characters on Fear of the Walking Dead, which is a show that very much acknowledges that there are huge amounts of fans of The Walking Dead and everything. everybody talks about it and they're very aware of discussions about the running joke of The Walking Dead. And despite maybe not seemingly attempting to cast characters that are black for certain roles, they've kind of gone out of their way to put the black the three the black the black characters on the show as the ones that happen to be killed off in these episodes or at least going you know bordering on death and again it's not as if they went out of their way to say look well these characters are the ones that are going to die let's cast black characters in those roles that's not what i think is going on i don't think anyone's actually thinking that's the case maybe some really pig-headed people but the 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 notion that this show is completely blind to the idea that hey, these are the characters that are dying this episode, and we happen to cast black actors. Like we didn't realize that. That seems a little odd in a in a show that's very aware of the audio of you know of the audience chatter about various things on the show.
2: So I think it's important also, and I think you, you might have already said this, but to, to delineate Fear of the Walking Dead from The Walking Dead in this because there, there are two different things here when we come to this conversation. We've already talked about The Walking Dead and race plenty of times, as as many other people have. I find myself in a weird, weird thought process for Fear the Walking Dead when it comes to this, though, because on one hand, like I said earlier, it's a very racially diverse show. You know, there are three white characters on a cast of now about eight. That's that's pretty good. I mean, that that's in terms of television, you know, racial diversity, pretty great. And even like, you know, very uncommon to see on television ones like Maori. And I think they unfortunately wrote themselves into a little bit of a hole here when they cast Kim Dickens and they cast Travis Manawa, And they were going for this blended family story because that, that at the core of things, you know, zombies aside, that's what this is. It's a story about a blended family. And so by definition, at least in the beginning, you're going to have a myopic view on race in terms of, you know, aside from adoption or something like that, the the, the the ethnicities of the parents are going to determine the ethnicities of the children. Just can't really help that. You know that's just how genetic genetics work. You know, blame God or whatever. But that put them in a position where they have white characters, they have Hispanic characters, and they have uh, a Maori character and a half Maori character, plus the Salazars. And at least in my mind, their thought process probably was, hey, this is a very non-black cast, we need to populate the other roles with black characters, and unfortunately, in this case, those became the ones who got killed off, which makes it look probably worse than it was intended to be. Now, I think they could have gotten around that fairly easily. I think this story would be far more interesting if Matt was still alive, and if you have the daughter's boyfriend, Tagging along with the family, which would, could lead to all sorts of built-in drama. You know, you've got stories laid out right there, right for the picking. I, I think they were trying to do something really great, and in many cases, you know, accomplished it in terms of the racial diversity, but that has now shot them in the foot with other aspects, which is unfortunate, but it's also a problem they should have been aware of because of what you yeah. guys were already saying about the previous show.
1: I think there's. It's just a. It's a whole lot of coincidence piling up on each other. Yeah, it's a mix of the running joke already. The the running joke already exists. The casting's already in place. The the amount of deaths that happen occur in those two episodes. They happen to involve those specific characters. It's just this perfect storm of like things that'll get the internet talking about something that's going to happen. Right. Exactly.
3: It's a zeitgeist, you know, and and the whole thing really i agree with you jordan because i was just thinking about it you know there's that moment where uh um, alicia's in her class with her friends and they're looking at the video on the phone so i'm thinking you know maybe if they would have went a different route because i think having the racial diverse family and then having the the daughter date the black guy was furthering that racial diversity very well yeah instead of having him be the one that she can't believe what's happening and all that other stuff. Have it be one of her friends, one of the or friends.
2: have her be the one who gets bit and die, and have him tag me along with her family. That could be really interesting.
3: Yeah, I, I don't I know. Agree. Cool too.
2: It's, it, I, but it, you know, it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate. Whichever way you want to slice it, you know, whichever explanation or excuse you want to take for it, it's unfortunate that we even have to have I, this conversation. Yeah. Oh, right.
3: yeah, I don't think. I don't think there was intent. I don't think there was any malice. Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Or done. Um, I just like Aaron, it's just a bunch of coincidences that kind of painted them into a corner. And, you know, this is where they are. And, you know, I just I think that during a time in the real world where we're dealing with a lot of racial imbalance going on again, uh, you know, when not that it ever had totally gone away, but it, it's definitely ramped up uh, in the news. Definitely back in the forefront of people's minds. Yeah, right. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, people are reaching out on either side to to things in fiction and tell you know television programs and whatnot to to help further that that argument on whichever side they're on you know because it's not just this television show there's other stuff that's going on you know there's always things about race i mean i i heard an argument about you know the cast of blunt talk the other night and I'm just like, really, we're going there? I mean, it just it, it just seems like people are walking around with that chip on their shoulder, uh, and and in some cases it's race stuff, in other cases it's gun control, and you know, it, it's a whole range of issues, and everybody just cannot bring a, a bring back chip a to bit be knocked here, off and jump on me. the internet.
0: Let me bring it in a little bit. Let me bring it in perspective, okay? There are a whole ton of uh, entertainment uh, websites, right, all over the internet. Right. And The Walking Dead is one of the hottest shows going around right now. Any kind of Tempest in teapot they can come along with that'll put the Walking Dead in the headline of uh, of their, you know, Facebook thing or whatever's gonna get you to click on their link, they'll do it. And that's kinda of the way I see this. I don't really I see it I mean, obviously there's no intent. It just seems like a Tempest in Teapot, it's clickbait and I kinda of ignore it.
2: But at the same time, it is still a... It's a really glaring issue in the show. For a show that, again, kudos to them for having such a really cool, racially diverse cast. That's awesome. But to have one not even left out, but so far be almost exclusively the zombie fodder, is really weird. It's weird. Like, it's not just I, something that I, someone would have to point out to you.
3: No, it's there. And it- I have to I don't think it's, it's a glaring issue. I think it's an unfortunate issue that people are capitalizing on to like Jim said, make clickbait and to just further their chance to you know, have flame wars on the internet.
2: Well, I mean flame wars in general not not fun, but I it's I, I don't think it's just that. It it's it's a problem. It's a problem that can be fixed, and hopefully they do, you know, in season two. But it's you know, it's
0: it's an well, issue. No black characters died this week. <laughs>
2: 'Cause there weren't any on screen, period.
0: Yeah. You know? In my mind that's just part of a laundry list of things they need to fix about this show, you know? It's not even like in my top three. I don't know. I just see it as a real non issue. I'm I'm sorry if I'm being flippant, but I just kinda don't see where the controversy is.
1: I I the only reason I think of it as something worth noting is because of the the fact that it's a it's it's it was a prevalent issue in The Walking Dead in terms of people making jokes about it. So the fact that there's a new show Called the, that has the Walking Dead in the title that has now inspired new jokes about it. It's as if the producers of one show did not learn any lessons or you know take into account one thing and now it's come on to another thing. It's not nearly enough to make me think there's something negative going on. It's just more of like no no maybe no, of we could not. have wised up a little bit.
2: Uh, so that's our conversation on uh, on that particular issue. Um, again, it's it's unfortunate, but that that is a discussion that's going on. And so that's it for this episode, but of course we're going to talk about what's going to happen next week after the credits, so if you don't want to know anything, you can cut out then. Uh, So until then, this has been the Walking Dead TV podcast, and you can of course get in contact with us on the Walking Dead TV Facebook group, which Jim talked about earlier, or you can send us an email, WDTV at hhwlod.com, or follow the network on Twitter at hhwlod underscore network. And so until there's no more room in hell in the dead, walk the earth, remember... Calvary's arrived. It's going to get better now. We can only hope. So next week on The Walking Dead, and of course, if you don't want to know anything, cut out now. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, But season one, episode four is entitled Not Fade Away, which is, if I'm recalling correctly, isn't that the title of a volume of The Walking Dead?
3: Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so.
2: And uh, the, the brief synopsis we have from tpguy.com is Madison and Travis witness different sides of the National Guard's occupation of their neighborhood. And in the scenes uh, from next week's episode that we saw at the end of this week's episode, uh, we, we hear uh, Daniel saying it will happen. If it happens, it will happen quickly. Uh, We see the military taking supplies, maybe not necessarily supplies they're supposed to be taking. And we see the military and regular people clash and general unrest, including uh, military people inside of Travis and Madison's house. uh, And they seem to have some problem with something Chris did, if I was reading the brief flashes correctly.
3: Sounds thrilling. I don't know, my DVR cut off the scenes for next week, so I didn't see them yet.
2: But that's what we have to look forward to next week. So until then, have a good week, everybody. Bye. Aaron you have a ps4 I know because of your um, you know username yeah you need to check out until dawn because it's amazing
1: yeah that's one of those where I'm like I'd, I'd love to get to it eventually <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, you're in for a treat eventually. Okay. All right, this is episode numero...
3: Like... T- 57.
2: 142. Oh. Right?
3: Is that... I don't know, Look at, let me look at my folder. Well, I've got a
2: folder on my desktop called WDTV141. Yeah,
3: that makes sense. Yes. Also
2: one that says 140, Last one. I've got all the way up through 131 still on my
1: desktop. This is episode 142. Yeah, that's right, like a palindrome last week, or... Two weeks ago. Right,
2: yes. This is the 140
3: deuce. Well, the season officially kicked Thursday. off Thursday yeah. when the Patriots cheated again against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then um, yesterday was the big, you know, first I mean, Sunday. Steelers is
1: in their name. And tonight... well, who's the real thief here? I don't, I don't know.
3: <laughs> well, I, 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 am, I am by no means a Steelers fan. As a matter of fact, I have a hatred for them that's almost as deep as for the Patriots. But, you know, the Patriots yet cheated again, so...
2: And I don't care. (laughs) I had a guy at work the other day almost yell at me because I didn't respond positively or negatively to his Go Eagles comment. I was like, I I just, I don't care at all.
3: I I would respond negatively to that one as well. (laughs) He's like, oh, you
2: must be a Giants fan. No, I just have a life. Anyway, uh, that's not even true. I don't have a life. (laughs) Clearly, I'm podcasting. (laughs) But...
3: I thought we talked about it after episode one, but maybe not.
2: I'm pretty sure we talked about it off mic after we recorded episode two uh, and it never made it in because <laughs> it was us going, oh, darn it. On we mic,
3: off that. mic, it all bleeds together in my mind. You know, I, I can't remember things from all the drugs I did in the 60s. So yeah.
2: <laughs> when you were a pre-fetus, yeah. <laughs> a preface a preface there you go
3: now the fact that alicia called it what was it um something kindergarten edition i I don't remember what she said exactly but i was like hey 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 monopoly is an awesome game but um you know the other problem i had was the fact that they they made it where nick won off of the whole you know he had boardwalk park place which are actually not the best properties to have in monopoly they're one of the lower percentile ones to land on, so actually, him having that is not going to guarantee him the game. So, but there's my moment of nerding out on Monopoly. So,
2: so can we go back to the show now? Or
3: I don't know. I'm hearing crickets. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm typing one-handed because I'm holding my mic.
3: Yeah, he's holding the mic.
2: I am. I, I don't. I have no idea where my mic stand is. Why is it gone? Uh, I lost it like two years ago. No. Okay. <laughs> Well, see, the thing is, for a while, I had a boom mic stand that I borrowed from my friend. And so I never used the little tripod one that came with the snowball. And so I put it away. And then my friend needed his mic stand back because he's, you know, an active musician and stuff. And I just could never find where I'd put the, the tripod.
3: Not to mention, I remember from all our video sessions with the low group, how you would have just be, you know, laying in on your couch or bed holding the snowball in your hand.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Man, I haven't thought all about that All sexy like. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, Yeah, actually. (laughs) He'd want me to draw him like one of those French girls. I could never (laughs) understand it.
2: Didn't I pop my balls out as a joke one time? What I may have this this was a long time ago in a, in a group of interesting people.
3: It's how Jordan and I met, and how I ultimately came to know H H W L O D. So
2: <laughs> by popping your balls out? Well, no, not that specific moment, but it was it was a group uh, of people from the I, um the yeah. message boards.
3: Yeah, I don't remember that happening, so I must not have been present when that happened. Yeah, we we, we, we had all...
2: a lot of long, like three hour late night, not Skype video sessions, but it was I forget what website it was. Yeah, but. Uh, a lot of weird things happened with mostly with other people, but that was the strangest thing. I think I might have done once, but I might've just thought about doing it because somebody else thought, did it. And I thought it was funny.
3: Yeah. It was a private group on, um, uh, Kevin Smith's message boards. And, uh, I had been active on, on his message boards. And then I found this group. It was called the low group. I forget why, what did last one was? wins last one wins. Yeah. And, um, it, it was a very, um,
2: They're half the reason that Kevin Smith doesn't have message boards anymore. Half? The other half is the people that that didn't like them.
3: (laughs) Okay, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I can pretty much remember the moment that the person crossed the line. I can't remember which person that was, but I remember, and and Kevin Smith was like, yep, no more message board.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like half of our group was nice people, and the other half were just assholes who like to screw with other people, and other people don't like that. And, uh, yeah, it, it got messy.
3: And and all, all, all of us in that group got negatively associated because of those people. To the point, I mean, at one point we were talking about splitting off into our own group. They did. Well, I mean, after the boards were shut after down. The, well, after the boards were shut down, we started the Facebook group and all that stuff. So, that, anyway, that's how, that's and that's how I met your Jordan. <laughs>
1: Is
2: Jim um, here yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're just gonna continue. He's we'll we'll see if he can fix whatever he's trying to fix. But all right. um, sorry, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to hear more about my balls? Press one if yes. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 just going through in my head. How much of this can I leave in for bloopers, and how much can <laughs> I absolutely not for just like slander reasons? <laughs> hey. hey, Jim. Oh, you missed a riveting story about my balls. <laughs> I like how he has no response to that. Probably.
1: For that I don't story. either, and I was in the conversation.
2: <laughs> I've never buried a German Shepherd, much in the same way I've never burned a human body, so I don't know for sure.
3: But... Oh, that begs. Yeah, Jim. Now that you've joined us, would you have, <laughs> would you have a problem with burning a body if you think that it had been diseased? You personally burning the body. Not with the body
1: being burned. You personally having to do it. Are they dead? Yeah. They, died, they no. died because you shot it in the
0: face. Oh, that one. Oh, no, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all.
1: Fair enough. It just must
3: be something about the youth. I don't know, Jordan, you just... you, you, you...
1: What's with this generation not yeah. being willing to burn bodies? Not, not exactly. willing
0: to people. Wow. I mean, what's
1: the deal of airline food? Exactly!
3: <laughs> Why do you park in the driveway and drive in the parkway? <laughs> If Barbie's so popular, why do you have to buy her friends? I'm
1: I, i, I I'm taking what I said earlier back. This is the best episode of our podcast and <laughs> Inexplic- inex-
0: Inexplicably, Russell Crowe is there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I think that as of 2015, the words inexplicable followed by Russell Crowe, that's just par for the course. Like, it, it's now it's just explicable because it's Russell Crowe. He's in weird things sometimes.
0: He was in The Man with the Iron Fist.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, you see, that's anyway. exactly. And Master and, and Commander, that was a long
0: movie. It's a great movie. That, anyway. that was our digression moment of the episode.
2: The only thing I remember clearly about Master and Commander is the bull weevil joke.
1: Like the only thing I remember about this conversation is that you need to watch Master and Commander again. It's just a great movie. Well, I saw it when I was like
2: 12, so yes, I probably
3: <laughs> do. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very well done film.
2: <laughs> well, to a 12-year-old, it was very long and was about
3: naval combat and bull weevils did you notice that the one black member of this podcast is the one having the recording issues or the (laughs) skype issues i i I think that there's a conspiracy there i really do (laughs) we need to talk to the people over at headquarters
0: I hope it didn't come off like I was, like, uh, you know, dismissing racial problems. I just kind of, because, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a huge issue in our country and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I just, I, f- I just feel like, you know, oh, all these you, people, all the walking dead, you know, black people are dying again. It's just like, it just seems like, I don't know, nothing. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. You'd think after all the criticism of T-Dog and all that, they would, they would be a little more sensitive, you know?